Welcome to episode four of our series, Worship Leading for Small Churches. If you missed any of the previous episodes, go back and watch those. There's some great stuff, and we'll be referencing that uh, a little bit in this episode. Uh, In this episode, we're going to be talking about recruiting help and building a team. Like you were by yourself, and now you're trying to invite people to be part of your team. I'm once again joined by Josh Powell and Rachel Wiley. Um, I'll start here. The, the, The biggest thing that or the first thing that you need to do if you're in a small worship team um, or uh, you're by yourself is praying for your church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Praying for, for praying for your your congregation, praying for the pastor, but also praying that God will bless your church with members, with yeah. with instrumentalists, with other vocalists. Um, that, like that that is the first thing. If if you're not doing that first, then, then, then something's out of order. Um, but 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 then I'll throw it to you, Rachel. I'll, I'll throw it to you first. What's your process with inviting people uh, to join the praise team, to join to join your worship team? Um, I think it changes depending on the season that our church is in. So there have been times where we just put out kind of an all call and just say, if you have this on your heart, if you feel like the Lord is leading you to join our team, then please come talk to me, you know, and we'll specify a time or something so that they can come or they can shoot me an email. Um, but other times it's maybe seeing someone in the congregation that has a gift and maybe seeking them out and going to them because they may not want to be up in front of people, but maybe you can have that conversation. Um, I think either way it goes, I always try to stress the importance and the weight of what this is that they're stepping into. It's not just your chance to play guitar on a Sunday morning. It's not your chance to practice. Maybe you don't do that enough at home, but to really drive home the point before they even step foot in the team, that this is what we do. This is the weight of what we're carrying, and it's a really holy thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I like to start with an evaluation of what what it is that I'm actually trying to accomplish, right? Um, So, like I'm, I'm a guitar player. Uh, I'm a worship leader, and there have been many times where I am, like I'm the only person in the praise team. So I'm, I'm leading by myself, and that is fine. Like you, re- you really can't sell yourself short if you're, if you're by yourself. Um, but you really need to evaluate your needs. Uh, what, what do you need most uh, in your team? Uh, if, if you just need someone to help carry the burden. Uh, of love leading, that's that, you know that's great. If you just if you want to expand the sound <clears throat> that you're that you're getting, you know that's great. But um, just take a take a minute and evaluate what it is that you actually need in your team. Um, and then the second thing I, I think I'd say, and, and AJ uh, started with this, is just pray about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this. This sounds like a very like overly spiritual thing, but the God provides. For, for what you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've seen this in my own core, or there have been times where, um, like, I'll have praise band members tell me, hey, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm going to end up having to leave. Uh, we're moving, take another job elsewhere. They're my only drummer, my only uh, bass player. And, you know, I, I stress about, like, who am I going to get to fill this role? Uh, and miraculously, God provides someone in, the, in that time uh, to take their place. And it's been that way for the last eight years or so at my church, um, where God has provided for what, for what we need. Uh, and I, I honestly believe that, uh, if God has you in this place, 
uh, in this season of your life. He will take care of you, and he will provide for what you need uh, in your church. Um, yeah. So don't be don't be in a hurry to to add members just mm-hmm. just to add members to your team, but really evaluate your needs and uh, pray for God's provision uh, in your team. Yeah, yeah. L- like like we said, a, a bigger praise team. We, we said this in previous episodes. A bigger praise team isn't any more important mm-hmm. than 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 a smaller praise team. Yeah. So l- like you said, don't be in a rush to to add members to your team just yeah. to add them to your team. Um, you want them to be a part of your church. Yeah. You want them to be part of your congregation and, and um, uh, like, be members. You, you don't want it to just be, this is another gig yeah. of me playing, yeah. playing on Sunday mornings. Um, but, so, yeah, and, but, and, and there, there will be times when, yeah. you, like, you want, you want some help. Like, mm-hmm. you want to, to have, a, have a bigger sound, and that's, and that's great. Uh, and in, in those cases, I'd, I'd say like you know look at look at the people in your in your congregation. Are, is there anyone there who you think could step up? Uh, and if not, now is the time to start training people, start teaching uh, lessons, music lessons, even even just just teaching what you know, and that will help someone um, uh, at least get another one of you. Uh, but then there may be people in your area that you know you have some sort of relationship with that you can start saying, "Hey, you know, we do have a need for this. Would you be interested in coming to our church and just seeing if this is a good fit for you? We'd love to have you. Uh, I think we'd, we'd have a lot of fun just playing together and and worshiping. Uh, so yeah, yeah, and 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 that's that's you and as a worship leader inviting. Um, members, yeah. members of your congregation. How would you respond if someone asks to join your praise team? How, how would you? How, I'll throw it to you, Josh. I'll, yeah, this I, happens sometimes. Yeah. you'll have people come into the church and they'll say, "Hey, I used to play uh, at my last church. Um, this is something that I've done for a while. I'd like to. I'd like to to join the praise team." That's great. That's you know that is God providing for what you need. But it's also your responsibility to make sure uh, that this person is a good fit for the team. It's not going to be distraction for worship, uh, and that they're coming in with the right uh, right mentality, uh, with the the right attitude, um, that they're going to add to the team and not take away from it. Um, so I like to figure out their history. You know, just get to know them a little bit, especially if you don't, if they're new and you don't really know them. Uh, what made them start coming to the church? Um, you know, what is their what's their relationship with Jesus like? Um, like what's their history with music and yeah. worship leading, and uh, and it, and you don't not everybody is going to be you know I've been I've been playing in a worship team for 15 years and uh, I've played in a bunch of churches and like I'm I'm this rock star kind of person. Not everybody is going to come in with that kind of history. Sometimes they'll say, "Oh, my dad taught me how to play guitar when I was a kid, and I, I still remember a few chords." And those kind of those kind of people are they can be an asset to the team, but you have to kind of evaluate where where they are. Mm-hmm. So I like to figure out their history uh, and and what they do, uh, why it is they want to join, mm-hmm. and um, and then I think uh, bringing them in to a rehearsal like on a trial basis um, is, is a great way to get to know them musically. Um, I would not put them in. On a Sunday morning, you know, right off the bat, yeah. without yeah. having heard them or um, given them a trial run. So either I mean, I've heard of people doing auditions, um, but just, even just having them come to a rehearsal so you can try them out is a great first, yeah, yeah, first start. Seeing their skill level, yeah, mm-hmm. seeing like exactly what you said. If they can be part of a praise yeah. team, if they're a good fit, right. um, Rachel, I'm gonna change the question a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what if somebody said, "Hey, I'm a vocalist. I see you're singing by yourself." 
I'd like to join the praise team. What, what, what would you say to that? How, how would be your process? Yeah, I think similar to what Josh was saying, bring them into a rehearsal, let them come in and, and sing and just kind of hear where they're at, see where they're at. And you can also break it down. I've, I've done where it's just an audition for them on their own, where it's just both of us at a piano, a little, sometimes it's a little more comfortable. Sometimes they get a little more nervous because it's just one-on-one. Um, but just kind of hearing them sing a little bit, something easy, something that maybe we do a lot in the church, um, but just hearing them. And then it's it's also that conversation specifically for vocalists that this is a worship moment. This yeah. is worship leading. This is not uh, a solo for the sake of having a solo. Yeah. Um, so kind of going over both the technical side of it, but also the heart of it as well. Um, but always more than happy to to hear another vocalist yeah. and bring him in. Yeah, and, and I think both of us, uh, b- both of you guys have, have ta- said this, uh, really creating a process. Um, and this this goes back to planning. Like, it's all about planning. Yeah. <laughs> as a worship leader, it, it, it all comes down to planning. But create a process for uh, for if somebody was to in, uh, um, come up to you and ask if they can join, or, yeah. or if you'd like to invite, come up with a process of, okay, well, um, you, and I need to see you at this rehearsal. Yeah. Um, you're not just going to be jumping, jumped in right on, on Sunday morning service. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we've been practicing these songs, um, or I've been practicing them by myself. Now we're going to add you. Things are going to change. Yeah. Um, so creating a process um, for members to become part of the praise team. And I think that's like that. That's key is actually having the process yeah. in place because mm-hmm. one, it it helps you uh, with uh, how you're going to do onboarding uh, for this team member, mm-hmm. but but it also gives you a little bit of protection. Because uh, there are going to be times when someone will say, "Hey, I'd like to join your praise team. I play keyboard. Uh, can you know? I, I think I can help you." Yeah. And There's then, a piano on stage. Nobody's playing it. Yeah, and then <laughs> you bring them to a rehearsal, and they're really not a good fit. Yeah. So, like going into this with having uh, figured out your own process ahead of time, it gives you the steps that you need to take to say, "You know what? I, I appreciate your heart. Thank you for mm-hmm. for you know trying out for the praise team." I think right now this is not a great fit for us, um, but figuring out how you're also going to do to uh, do the process of gently letting someone down, like this mm-hmm. is not really a good fit for us, um, that will help you ahead of time if you've already figured figured out your process. Yeah. So I think that's that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and then like like we've said in, in previous episodes, um, like more members mean smaller roles. It's, it's, it goes back to your yeah. pie um, analogy, but but as soon as you add somebody. That means things, responsibilities get smaller with the team members that are already there. Um, and, and then, like, the, the pie doesn't get any bigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's, let's jump into some key roles. One thing that, that, that I want to start with, um, and we've been really focusing on stage part, mm-hmm. is, is getting to the sound tech. Because even if you're by yourself, having somebody uh, in the sound booth or at the board um, making corrections... Uh, listening to what the congregation's listening to, because when you're on stage, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, uh, how how would you train a sound tech or, or invite uh, like like a sound a sound person? I'll, I'll ask you, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, like I, I've I've been saying this to to any any of the teams that I work with, you really need to consider your tech as part of the worship team, because mm-hmm. uh, without good sound and without good lyric support projection, uh, it really limits the effectiveness of the worship team. It doesn't limit the effectiveness of worship, uh, but the ability for the team to lead a congregation uh, becomes limited when uh, you you sound bad and people don't know the lyrics. So really start thinking about your your tech team, your sound people, your 
uh, lighting if you have it, your uh, graphic support um, as part of your team. So as, you, as you're doing your planning, you're making sure that they are in the loop. These are the songs that we're doing. In an ideal world, you're gonna, like your, your sound guy is going to also be listening to the songs that you mm-hmm. send out so they can say, oh, yeah, so like on this part of the song, there may be an electric guitar solo. Or on this part of the song, we're going to switch vocals to the, like the, other per- the other vocalist is going to sing lead on this. Um, so like knowing the song is a, great, is a great tool for the sound person to uh, actually get the mix that you're, that you're going after. Uh, and then the same for the for the uh, graphics operator. Uh, the the better they know the song, the more accurately they're going to be able to, to advance uh, slides in at the right time. They'll know the roadmap ahead of time. Uh, so considering consider your sound and your graphics uh, operators as part of your team. Yeah. That's yeah. that's yeah. Uh, I think that's key. Uh, and then providing and this may not be. Uh, the responsibility primarily of a worship leader. Uh, I always kind of take it upon myself to make sure this is happening, but make sure your sound and your graphics team get training. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we we will find uh, an eager young person in our church to say, hey, like, we, you know, we'd like to get you involved. How would you like to run the soundboard? And we just kind of throw them to the wolves uh, in the back with, you know, this board with, you know, the flashing lights and the knobs and the faders. And <laughs> we say, all right, this is this channel is the pulpit. Just unmute it and and mute it when the when the pastor is getting up to speak. Um, training needs to be more than that. So we, mm-hmm. as worship leaders, because sound is so important to what we do, kind of make sure that we need to make sure that um, that the the sound and the graphics people are trained properly. Yeah, yeah. And then you, as the worship leader, um, it's it's kind of your. Uh, amongst all of your primary roles, yeah. uh, but but understanding that tech that, that your church has, yeah. understanding mm-hmm. and and being able to train that, mm-hmm. um, uh, you have to you have to know the equipment yourself. Yeah, um, it is your church. You are leading the people. You're leading yeah. your team. That's part of your team. Yeah, um, that's your equipment. That's your church. Yeah. You need you need to learn that. Uh, and so just, so just you like can your train instrument, it. Yeah. exactly, like, exactly, just like, like the instrument. like the sound the sound tech is part of your instrument. Yeah. Uh, especially as, as a worship leader. So, uh, that, yeah, that's, that's a great point. Worship leaders need to know how to run basic sound systems. Yeah. Uh, you may not be the, the greatest sound engineer, but at least know how to get good uh, sound at, at the beginning. Because there, there may be times when, like, there is no sound person out, out there, and you need to, like, run, run back, you know, get a, a very quick, dirty mix and be ready to roll, but you need to be able to, yeah. to, to get that together. Yeah, and then you, you touched on it listening to the songs before, but I'd take it a step further and being at rehearsal with the yes. group. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're, you're part of the members. Mm-hmm. You're part of the team. Be at rehearsal. Yeah. Make sure that you know how your team's going to play the song, yeah. how, how they're going to sing, who's leading what, which part is switching to what, not just from the recording, but from your team specifically. And then the slides um, or your your um, graphics operator, um, you have to know where they're going. Yeah. You can just type in, uh, throw up the, the parts and think of your own arrangement, but that's yeah. not going to be the arrangement of, of the group. So being at rehearsal yeah. is very, very important because they may want to loop a chorus, and that's um, you have to be ready for that if yeah. they've done it in rehearsal. Um, yeah, uh, Josh, uh, where, where can we find resources on, on, on kind of how to, how to train that, on how to train... Um, like sound tech, like there's a lot of stuff yeah, on there's, YouTube. There's a ton of stuff out there. YouTube, yeah. I, it's it's always my favorite because uh, it's, it's easy to find. 
specifically what you're looking for. Yeah. And uh, I do a lot of sound trainings um, with with people. And one of the the hard things with sound trainings, especially with doing them uh, remotely, because I'll, I'll try to do some stuff online, uh, is every, everybody's soundboard is a little bit different. The concepts will be the same, but where where on the board you know each individual section lives and uh, signal flow and routing, uh, the menu menu uh, layouts. Every board is different, so you really need to find a good tutorial on your mixer. Uh, that you have at your church. And it, I don't care what mixer you have, there is a tutorial, oftentimes whole series yeah. of t- tutorial videos on your mixer on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So take like just take an afternoon and and you know, if you're if you're using the Behringer X32, that's one of that's one of the like all-time uh, best small church mixers. Like there's a, a ton I I guarantee a ton of listeners uh, to this will be will be familiar with the X32. There there are like scores of videos uh, on uh, how to maximize the X32 for worship. Uh, you just have to take take the time to, to find it. Rachel, what are your thoughts on um, on training a sound tech, training the sound crew there? Um, I think you had a great point just with talking about the importance of them being in rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And for one, I mean, you mentioned just them knowing the roadmap, them having an idea of where you're going um, so that they're not surprised when you go back to the bridge or, you know, they're having a find the slide that you're on. Um, But I think also for me, one of my biggest pet peeves as a worship leader is having slides that are late on the screen because it's one of those things that so quickly can become a distraction. If your congregation doesn't know what to sing, they can't sing. Mm -hmm. So that's just one of those things where sometimes I know if you're using ProPresenter, sometimes there's a delay. Sometimes it's just you as the sound tech going in and practicing that timing, just simply the pressing the button to make sure that it's popping up when people need it. Um, there, you know, people do different techniques. I know that when we're about to sing the last line, I'm pressing it so that the delay hits right when I need it. Mm-hmm. Things like that. I'm time and time again, I've had, uh, sound techs who are very well-meaning, but it's just that they maybe didn't come to rehearsal that week. And that's yeah. okay. That happens. Um, but if we can do our best to be there again, they're a member of the team. We want yeah. everybody involved, uh, so we can cover that stuff. And they're just as important as what's happening, uh, on stage. And I think that, also includes us as worship leaders making sure they feel included, yeah. making sure they feel appreciated, and making sure we're saying thank you. Yeah, yeah and then and then within that, like people read ahead. Mm-hmm. You, you can switch it at at the last two words. Pe- people are especially in the chorus. We, we know it. Let's get to yeah. the, get to yeah. that next section. Yeah, uh, and then within that, one thing to like less distracting. Um, if there's a interlude in between the songs, in between like after the chorus, going into the next verse. You're welcome to throw up a blank slide. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, blank like slide. we don't need to have the words up there the whole time. Yeah. If we have an eight bar of interlude, right. like if, if it's a song gonna and start everybody's going to start, it's just it's just being part of that rehearsal and adding yeah. a blank slide yeah. is super super easy. Right. <laughs> yeah, graphics graphics is one of those things that it it can be one of the biggest distractions when it's yeah. not done well. And that's or misspelling. Like, <laughs> yes, and that's like like we said uh, in in a previous episode. One of the, one of the things that we're trying to do is to eliminate all distraction. Yes. And not knowing what what words we're singing is one of those distractions that can immediately pull people out of a worship moment. So graphics in particular, I think graphics m- more so than sound has has a greater uh, propensity or greater potential for distraction. Mm-hmm. So it's important, like Rachel said, if a gra- graphics operator gets in there. 
uh, ahead of time and just practices that like the this just a simple uh the, te- the technique for advancing a slide and every every program like she says has a slight like you know its own delay to it uh it's not an instant you know button press and the slide changes uh so you have to kind of learn that a little bit so i, I love that that idea of a graphics person getting in early and practicing that um just one plug for like a a, a resource particularly for graphics mm-hmm. Um, we have been like our, our church has been moving to planning center, uh, which is an online, uh, church management software suite. Uh, but we use, uh, the, the section of that called services. So it's services by planning center. And, uh, in there we can, we can lay out like all of the, the program elements for our service, but specifically for songs, you can add, roadmaps for each song that you're doing mm. and that's a great tool for our for a graphics person as they're sitting back there with with the sheet of uh from planning center it'll say this is the the roadmap for this particular song and uh you can even integrate um if you're if you're using uh pro presenter to to for your graphics you can you can connect pro presenter and planning center uh so that uh, it pulls in the correct roadmap for the song that you're using. So that's one less uh, one less thing that could go wrong um, in, in the preparation for for the service. So that's just a little plug. Pl- Planning Center is free for um, like five users or, or fewer, um, but if you have more than that, it's it's not very expensive. Uh, but it, it's it's a yeah. good resource for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. All right, Rachel, uh, I'll, I'll ask you. Let's let's say you have a beginning bass player, like like a, a team that's that's been in your core, um, that, that that you see potential in, in um, he, and he's had interest, um, and now you've invited him to rehearsal, uh, to, to to be your bass player. Um, what what are you asking from him as a as a fresh beginner of the bass player? Like like what does he need to know? And then in a in a praise band song, no, no matter whether it's fast or slow, what are you asking from him? Um, well, throwing it back to one of our earlier questions, I'm asking him to come to a rehearsal and sit in, um, then just starting them off with the basics and sometimes just having a one-on-one as well. Um, maybe going through some just very beginner lessons, making sure simple things, they know which strings are which we know where our fingers are going, starting at the, the very basics and then building them up from there. And, if I'm dealing, especially if I'm dealing with some of my younger players, I'm stressing to them how cool a bass player is. Like this <laughs> You're is, building it up. yes, yeah. this is a cool job. You've got some cool licks. Yeah. Um, you are partnered with the drummer and you guys are, are having a blast. So kind of know your people. Yeah. Uh, that may not work as well with a 50 year old. It may, they may think, wow, I'm really cool up here. But for my 13 year olds, they're usually yeah. like, oh man, mm. all right, I'm hot stuff. Yeah. So just doing yeah. simple stuff like that. Josh, what's, what's your take on 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 having a bass player uh, join your group? Yeah, I love I love when bass players join because that it takes a little bit of the pressure off of me to cover like the low end uh, from guitar, and it never really works well. Uh, the low end of the guitar kind of gets a little muddy, so if you can get a keyboard player or a bass player to cover that low end, it it, it really opens things up for you. Um, I would say. Particularly with, with younger players, if you get just get them to play the notes first, like on time in time. So if they're if they're covering the chord changes, uh, if they're landing on those changes in time, that's a great first step. And then you can work on a little bit more uh, rhythmic elements to yeah. to the bass playing. Uh, Rachel said this: that we we try to think of the bass player and the drummer as a unit. Uh, because the bass, the bass and the kick drum kind of become one instrument, and and 
an ideal situation. Um, so particularly if, if you're playing with a drummer, you want the drummer and the bass player to kind of lock in uh, together. So that the kick drum and the bass are playing the same rhythm that gives tone to the bass, uh, to the kick drum, and it gives punch to the uh, to the bass guitar. So that's that's one thing I try to get my younger players to do is just watch the foot of the drummer and see if you can play that rhythm, and then you, you know we'll we'll be in we'll be in good shape. Yeah, yeah. And and then like add, adding a bass player, you said does does set a foundation mm-hmm. because if you're an acoustic guitar player, a lot of your chord chord voices chord voicings aren't foundation. Yeah. Like a, like a D chord is just four strings, and that right. that 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 uh, that tonic isn't mm-hmm. low. So yeah. add, adding a bass already with that sets a foundation. Um, but then also, uh, l- like you said, making bass fun, mm-hmm. Ma- making it sound like, like build them up, yeah, build them up that. and keep them interested. Um, but then also telling them how important it is, because if a note is missed on the bass, mm-hmm. you not only hear it that it's missed, but you yeah. also feel that it was missed. <laughs> yeah. uh, if, they, if they come in a beat later, like like that 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 is very very key. So so training them and making it simple, yeah. making making their 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 playing very simplistic. Yeah. Just just follow the kick drum, and then making sure that that that, that you're playing the root notes. Yeah. Make, make sure you're mm-hmm. you're you're playing simplistic playing. Yeah. Um, and then and then differentiating like w- when the song's getting bigger. Um, like one thing that you that you can add, ask of a beginner bass player, um, is held out notes. Yeah. For for kind of softer stuff. And then just straight quarter notes, yeah. Dr- driving quarter notes. Yep. Uh, the band is building here. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you give me a doom 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 yeah. driving quarter notes with that, yep. that that adds so much. It really to, does to to, to, the, to your sound there. Yeah. Um, let me ask you guys a question. Yeah. Um, let's say like if you're if you're a guitar player uh, and you have a keyboard there with you, or if you're just a guitar player by yourself, if if you don't have a drummer, is there a is there a different philosophy for getting a bass player to to come in uh, just by themselves? Like if you if it's just a guitar and a bass guitar, is there a different uh, approach uh, to to training that kind of bass player without the drummer? Does that make sense? Uh, well, uh, I'll go since, since, I, since that'll yeah, answer no, a lot go of questions. For it. I was going to ask that question. I was going to ask Josh that question earlier. Yeah. Because that's that's one of the, that's one of the, the hard things that I found yeah. that as a worship leader, it's like I, if I'm just by myself, if I have someone come in and they'll say like, "Hey, I, I play bass, can I play with you?" But we don't have a drummer. Yeah. A lot of times, bass and drums kind of go hand in hand. So, but I think there there is a way that you can use one without the other. You just kind of have to approach it a little bit different. I was just mm-hmm. curious if you guys have a different approach to that. Well, well, uh, maybe not a different approach, but but my philosophy is that if, if you're without a drummer, the acoustic guitar is still more of that that rhythmic. Yeah. Um, and then the acoustic guitar and bass uh, uh, um, coincide as if it was the drummer and yeah. bass player there. Um, because acoustic guitar is so rhythmic, yeah. it's it's almost like a hi-hat yeah. with, yeah. with with notes. It really is. It's, it's crazy how, how much you can make that sound like uh, like a hi hat, yeah. Um, even though you're playing chords, yeah. Uh, so then, um, if, if if it's with an inexperienced bass player and I'm leading from acoustic guitar, um, I'm more of that rhythmic, and he's helping me with that foundation, yeah. Because I'm only playing four strings at right, some right. sometimes, um, or capoed up. I'm even higher than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's if it's a more experienced bass player and I don't have a drummer, then that's less I'm doing as as a as an acoustic guitar player because then he's carrying a lot of the rhythm yeah. and, and syncopated rhythms or, or so it does dri- work. driving things like that. It you, does work. You have a bass yeah. player but no drummer. I think it does work. Yeah, mm-hmm. it absolutely does. 
All right, Rachel. Uh, since 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 we did men- mention drummer, I'll throw it to you. Throw it to you again. Um, we have we have a beginner kid, uh, a, a teenager who's who's taking percussion in school, um, and then you you you're you've invited him, and now you want him. You're, he's in rehearsal, and he's and you're wanting to have him um, join your praise team as mm-hmm. as your drum set player or your percussionist. Um, how, how how would you go about doing that? Um, Josh has mentioned before in these episodes, YouTube is a beautiful thing. Uh, so getting him plugged in, whatever the songs may be, I would bring him in a couple rehearsals early. Yeah. And whatever the songs may be that we are looking at, if we do have that time in rehearsal that we can practice things weeks in advance, then having him or her, ladies can play drums too. I have a girl drummer <laughs> oh, I love in, that. In, 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 my, in my team praise team Listen, right now at my church. Ladies, you can do it, okay? Uh, almost the whole praise team besides my pianist is, is females. So. <laughs> I love te- that. Te- teaching a female I bass love player. That. Yeah. And, a, and a female uh, drummer. That's so. amazing. Yeah. Um, just having them listen to it on YouTube, but also YouTube's great for instrument-specific tutorials. Mm-hmm. So just having them listen, if maybe that's too advanced, I am a big advocate for a four on the floor, mm-hmm. just keeping that steady beat. And maybe that's all they do for the first song. Maybe it's just very simple uh, kick drum, snare kind of thing. We're just keeping the yep. basics um, or even scaling it down to like a cajon or a djembe, something that is just one and done. They yep. have a little less to maybe worry about, and we can start small and then grow up from there. And then, I mean, with cajons and things like that, you're also talking about a little bit more budget-friendly. So yeah. if you don't have a full kit, you can start there. Yeah. yeah. And then and my, my take on that is is if it's you by yourself already, um, think of it as like, like a one-man band. Like yeah. you have your foot, you're, you're, you're playing on the kick. If that's where they are right now, mm-hmm. then of course add them. Yeah. yeah. If, if they can keep time, of course, this is practicing. All, all of the instrumentalists need to practice with the metronome. Yep. But but making sure that we can keep steady time yeah. uh, with our foot, adding that kick drum yeah. will add so much to just an acoustic guitar yeah. or mm-hmm. just the pianist, which, which can't really add that add as much um, percussiveness. Right. Um, but, but adding a kick drum and then uh, adding a snare groove yeah. uh, and then keeping a simple rock beat. Yeah. Like, like that's, that's where I... Yeah. Just, Take all the drums away. Yeah. Maybe just a right. hi hat, <laughs> snare, and kick, yeah. Yeah. and getting them just just that's boots and cats and yeah. Yeah. That's that need. adds so much to to any song. See, like um, pe- yeah. people get people get overwhelmed when they you know they start learning to play drums and then they have to they figure out all the fills mm-hmm. and that's what people people practice so often like these fills and they they uh, they don't uh, practice the actual like drum yeah. rock beat. I think like that. That's where we need to live for like for, for a young worship drummer is like own that rock beat. Just you know, just that just that normal like no fill rock beat. And then when you get that down, you can add like what they call it, the Pat Boone Debbie Boone kind of fill. <laughs> you get you do that. Just do that all day long. And like that's that's all we need. We don't need the flashy fills. Mm-hmm. Just just a just a regular old rock beat. And we'll we'll be we'll be in good shape. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then and then within that rock beat, of course, in four. A lot, most of the music yeah. is in is in four four. Um, so so keeping boots in, cats in, boots in, cats mm-hmm. in. But a lot of praise and worship music is six eight. Yeah. So yeah. getting them, if if you're going to do a, a song yeah. in six eight, getting them to change their mindset uh, into one two three four five six. Right. Mm-hmm. D- d- but making sure that they can get those difference because because you can't play a four beat yeah, over yeah. a six eight song <laughs> we know that um, but but the beginner drummer may may not know that 
Um, so, so getting them in, into into two things, it's 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 learning four four and learning six eight and keeping everything simple. Yeah. Um, practice with the metronome. Make sure that practice you can keep time. Um, everybody does. The bass player, um, you as yourself needs to. But yeah, uh, as a drummer, you're driving you're driving the bus. Um, if you're slowing down, people will tend to follow mm-hmm. you. It's yeah. hard hard for people to lead the drummer a little bit more. Yeah. So so really keeping time with that yeah. six eight and four four hi hat snare and kick. Yeah. yeah. I love adding drummers to to worship teams because they, I think, more than any other instrument, they can uh, they can bring the energy that you're looking for. So a dr- a drummer can shape the energy level of a song probably more than any other instrument. Uh, but I think the the challenge with a drummer is that a drummer can also derail a group mm-hmm. and and a worship set quicker and more uh, intrusively than any other instrument. So that's why, like I I. I tend to focus on, especially in rehearsals, I focus on drummers more than anything else. Uh, and this, it's not, it's not good. I, sh- I really should be uh, splitting my time evenly among the instruments. But I, in in my experience, if the worship leader and the drummer are in 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 sync, if they're in lockstep, the every, it it will be fine. Like every, everyone else will fall in, and it'll be fine. But if the drummer is is having trouble keeping time, that's where you really start to having have trouble. So as you're training, as you're working with your young drummers, um, really encourage them practice this with a metronome. And not not everybody has the ability to practice on a full drum set at home. But even just like with sticks on a practice pad, you know, have like listen to that song. Uh, and have a metronome going, and just practice on just on just a a practice pad yep. will will go a long way. Yeah. P- pillows and a practice pad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, speaking of that, uh, keep, keeping things quiet. Um, if you are adding a drummer into your praise team, the congregation might not be yeah. ready for that. Yeah. Um, they might not be ready for that noise. It's not noise. Yeah. We know that, but to them, it's it's going to be noise. Yeah. Um. So it's different stick choices. Yeah. Um. Of course. Uh. uh just normal drumstick is going to be more loud, uh, yeah. but but they make uh, I, I call them hot rods. Yeah. I know there's multiple different ones, but I always think of them as hot rods. Uh, they're, they're different dowel rods that are joined together that make the sound softer because yeah. it's not a, a full solid stick or brushes. Mm-hmm. Um, keeping things um, uh, uh, keep, keeping thing the volume level down yeah. um, will better introduce that. But also, um, uh, if if your if your church doesn't have that budget and you can get a djembe or a cajon, that's automatically going to be Softer than a yeah. full drum kit as well, mm-hmm. than loud loud cymbals and everything. Yeah. Um, but then even it, it, asking your drummer, hey, let, let's let's tone it down a little bit, because um, usually drummers like to mm-hmm. they they like to be loud and yeah, and, and bang on things, especially as as new beginners. But right. but reminding them, hey, this is a quiet part in the song. Yeah. Um, and then informing them for us for softer songs. We we don't need you for the first verse and the first yeah. chorus. Come in with yeah. a, a small, simple groove. Because then you're building um, the dynamics. You're, for yeah, the song. yeah. You're building the dynamics, building the yeah. arrangement, uh, all of that. Yeah. It's really ser- serving the song there. Right. And whatever the song consists of, the drummer can add that exactly. If if you're tied in with the worship leader as a drummer, then 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 that will that will be even better. Like like yeah. the, the, the there's so much yeah. importance in that. Yeah. yeah you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, as as a guitar player, uh, you you have l- l- let's say you're leading leading from acoustic guitar, and and you see promise. You're teaching this 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 uh, this teen. Let's say this teen, electric guitar. He's yeah. been interested in electric guitar. Um, what are you? Uh, what are your, um, your your What's your process 
and teaching him electric guitar for playing in a praise band? What's what's what do you need from him? What are you asking from him? Yeah, uh, so electric guitar is one of those things, and I'm like I kind of grew up. Um, uh, like guitar is my is my main instrument, and I spent a, a lot of time in the middle uh, as a primarily electric guitar player. Um, and I'll say, an electric guitar is uh, that's the it's the icing on the cake. That's that's the element that can really take you know good solid group to the next level. Uh, but it is probably the most um, expendable. Yeah, it's the first thing I it's, would cut. It's the first thing yeah. I would cut. If if you had to cut something, it's the first thing I'd cut. I think I'd if, like if you if if you are a small team, if you're by yourself as as an an electric or as an acoustic leader, and you had someone interested in playing electric, and you didn't have anybody playing drums or bass or keys, I would almost like see like see if you can get them to learn how to play bass. Yeah. Um, maybe add a bass player before an electric guitar player but you know let's say let's say you're you're blessed to have a drummer and a bass player and you you now have a fourth member of your team that wants to come in and play electric guitar that's as a a wonderful thing yeah um so i i look at um electric guitar as um uh it's an atmospheric instrument and uh it's a rhythm instrument so uh when it comes to at, like electric guitars can do great things with just playing a pad, right? Just, you know, um, using pedals to create an, this ambient um, reverby delayed kind of sound to create a pad for everybody to play on top of. It's not, there's nothing overly flashy about it. It's just playing just, just this even pad keys. A keyboard player can do the same thing, uh, but it, it creates this bass, this bass sound, this drone for your acoustic player to play on top of, and it really adds a lot, a lot to the yeah. sound. Yeah, it adds, adds color and texture. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then like the rhythm aspect of, of an electric guitar adds the driving factor that we, yep. we talked about with the drummer. Uh, electric guitars do great, uh, great things with driving the sound and the energy level of a group. Yeah, well. it, you, you mentioned a, gu- a guitar player after bass and drums. I'd say they're even after piano. Yeah, because <laughs> a piano is is more versatile, yeah. um, and and more user to, uh, to to different dynamic range as a leading instrument. Yeah, um, but can also play the the, the riffs in the yeah. song or or the melody. Yeah, um, less likely on on, on an electric guitar. Yeah. Still 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 capable. Yeah, um, but there, but more useful be, with piano. There could be times when you have someone come into your church yeah. and they like they say, "I play electric guitar. I would like to help." You don't have you don't have the keyboard player, and you may may not even have the drummer and the bass player. I think they could still be useful. You yeah. just have to be judicious in what you have them play. Uh, it may not be the most um, fun part for them to play, but like I said, just having having them play pad or just rake chords yep. sometimes yeah. just adds adds a shimmer or an element for you as an acoustic player to play on top of. Uh, so I, I I think it can work. You just have to be creative and what you have them play yeah. they're not going to play the solos they're probably not going to play the the big hooks they're really just going to probably just rake chords yeah. to create this um because electric guitar like just a rake clean electric guitar can provide more bass than what an acoustic can yeah. so it kind of serves as a bass yeah. player as well and it's 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 simple playing yeah. um it simple playing in time more more than complex <laughs> playing out of time yeah uh, you're not going to be ripping lead lines yeah. Uh, for uh, we t- we talked about oh come to the altar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be ripping lead lines. That's that's gonna be more swells and and um, simple playing in time. Yeah. 
that serves the song. We talked about that with the drummer, uh, serving the song more than complex playing, Mm -hmm. uh, especially out of time, really focusing on playing with the metronome as well. Um, uh, And then um, uh, it it fills space, right? So the acoustic guitar is playing the chords, whether it's an open position, capo, whatever, Um, really getting out of the range of the acoustic guitar and of the pianist. Yeah. Um, You want it, like, easily it can sit higher. Mm-hmm. With two and three note variations, yep. going back to simple playing, two and three note chord shapes, or even just one note, where, where you're where you're adding something different, some color and texture. Yeah. Um, you mentioned pedals a little bit. I don't want to dive too much into pedals, uh, but but Man, the, it, is, it is a whole world. It's, we, we can do a whole <laughs> another episode just on uh, electric guitar overdrives. Let yes. alone let alone all the, the whole pedal board. Yeah. Um, but but things to keep in mind to get a different sound uh, and and kind of the praise and worship sound that that electric guitars. Um, are are going for uh, you want an overdrive, um, not not super dirty overdrive, something very transparent um, that that's going to add just a little bit of um, a little bit of grit to get it different than the acoustic guitar. Yeah, um, delay to add that atmospheric thing, and then reverb to add yeah. atmosphere as well. Yeah, I think those those are the the, the three main pedals. If you hit uh, everything else is extra. The very <laughs> the very first pedal oh. you should buy. The very first pedal you should buy is a tuner. A tuner. As an acoustic guitar player, <laughs> yes. as a bass player, yes. As as the tuner is the number one yes. uh, most important pedal. Then after that, yes, overdrive, delay, and reverb. Those are those are the big three. Yeah. But here and here's my caution as as uh, a worship leader. I, I go around, I see a lot of churches um, and. M- well-meaning worship leaders trying to train up an electric guitar player, they will often think, oh yeah, I can just, I'll, I'll plug your electric guitar into a direct box into the sound system. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Don't plug an electric guitar straight into a sound system. It really needs an amp or an amp model between it and the sound system. Uh, so I would encourage you uh, a good, uh, very small electric guitar amp uh, will do wonders for, for the sound. I know guitar amps can sometimes be loud, and you can work with your, your guitar player to get them at, uh, at reasonable volumes. Uh, but don't just plug an electric guitar straight into a sound system. Um, and then you can add the, add the pedals between the guitar and the amp. Yeah. 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 Rachel, do you have anything with, with a beginner electric guitar player? Of, uh, I, I think it, it should be the last addition yeah. to your group. Yeah, but, uh, agreed. I think, I'm glad Josh said tuner, because there are few things <laughs> that sound worse yep. than an untuned electric guitar oh. on a Sunday morning. Yeah. So I'm definitely in big support for, for that being the first step. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But if, if we haven't mentioned it before, but but if you're out of tune, then, then that's a distraction to worship <laughs> as well. So so make sure that that, that, that you're tuning your instrument. Yeah. Uh, keyboards have, have it easy. Yeah. Yep. Keyboards have it easy. Well, thank you guys for, for joining me in this episode. Um, I know we didn't touch on vocals, but little teaser, it's for the next episode. It gets its own episode by itself for, for adding vocalists and adding um, uh, uh, members of your team that sing. Um, things to remember, uh, of course, practicing with your team, and we, we, talk, we talked about uh, rehearsals, um, adding new members into rehearsals first, not jumping straight into, yeah. into, um, into the Sunday morning service. Make sure that they are part of your team congregation, part of your church, members of your team, um, and then see how they play as well. Um, once again, more members equals smaller roles. Um, we're, we're not, we shouldn't be in a rush to invite members just to, for, just for the sake of inviting members. Make sure we have a plan. Yeah. Um, this goes back to planning. Make sure we have a plan and stated a, um, a, uh, a process in, in inviting new members to our team 
and then people's roles get smaller. Yeah. And then no matter how many members you have, we mentioned this in the last episode, the three key points in any song are the lyrics, number one, they're telling the story, uh, having rhythm to keep everybody in time, and then the chords so everybody can uh, can sing the melody properly. (laughs) Well, thank you guys for joining us in this episode. Uh, We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Worship Leading for Small Churches. If you liked this episode, we would appreciate if you'd like and share this with others. Tune in next Wednesday at 10 a.m. where we continue our discussion. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening, and God bless.